Welcome to Queen Bee's podcast, where I say what everyone else is thinking, but too afraid to say, with the occasional laugh and plenty of cursing. I am Tina. I like white rum, true crime, and a damn good time. Welcome back, guys. So today I've got a special guest in here. It's my Loki bear. So if you hear him in the background, I apologize. But he wanted some loving today and just would not give up. And I gotta record anyway. So, uh, what is new? What is happening? Hmm. I've just been working like a dog. What is working like a dog? Why is that even a saying? I'm going to have to Google it and find out and go down a rabbit hole. But anyway, let's get into it. So, today I'm going to be talking about how shaving has become extremely popular. The history of women shaving and when it actually started and the benefits. So let's start with hair removal history for women first. And I found my resources here are from Owlcation, Birdie, CNN, and L articles. And I'll have all the links in the show notes for you to read more on it if that's what interests you. No one wants to hear that. Stop. All right, so when did women start shaving? Well, in the U.S., women started to shave in 1915, specifically during the period between World War I and World War II. Before the 20th century, women were only socially required to remove unsightly hair from the face and neck, virtually the only parts of their bodies not covered by clothes. But they would do this using homemade or industrial depilatory, hopefully I said that right, creams and not razors. But all that changed when King Camp Gillette, who hasn't heard of Gillette, invented a safety razor with disposable blades in 1903. Now, there was no indoor plumbing until the 30s, so all of this really went hand-in-hand with changing attitudes towards hygiene. People began to bathe more on a daily basis since they had indoor plumbing and didn't have to go fill a bowl or bucket of water, bring it in, boil it, warm it up, you know, the whole shebang. If you don't know the whole shebang, Google it. The transition from depilatory creams to razors was complete when, during World War II, 
the need for women to remove hair from their legs emerged. Why did their legs start emerging? Well, because during the war, stockings were in short supply as nylon and silk were repurposed for military uses. So before that, women would just conceal their hairy legs with extra thick stockings. For a while there, women resorted to liquid stockings, which were simply cosmetics that emulated the real thing. These only worked on hairless legs though. And when the supply of liquid stockings began to dwindle, women were finally content with simply shaving their legs and leaving it at that. Hair removal was around way before this time in other countries though. Hairlessness wasn't established as a mandate for women until nearly the 20th century. So now I did just say that, you know, going hairless and shaving or not necessarily shaving, but going hairless was more of a thing overseas for certain areas. Way before it even hit the U.S. So Japanese were doing it in the 16th century. <clears throat> Queen Elizabeth I shaved all her facial hair, including her eyebrows. Marilyn Monroe and Elizabeth Taylor were thought to be keen shavers. Women of ancient Egypt removed all their body hair, including that on their heads, with tweezers. Ouch. Made from seashells. That shit had to fucking hurt. Ugh. I mean, we have a shit ton of hair in our fucking bodies, and then you're going to tweeze every one? Ugh. Oh, and I can't even think about your fucking pubes. That shit had to fucking hurt bad. Anyway. Or they'd use pumice stones or beeswax or sugar-based waxes. Well, that makes more sense. That would come off much quicker. And this was more of a wealthy women type thing way, way, way back when. And men. And then once razors really came into play, that was more just for the wealthy women and men to remove excess hair. So what is a depilatory? It is anything, technically it's anything to remove unwanted hair but most commonly referred to as a cream or a lotion. Kind of like Nair would be a depilatory. Depilatory, however you say it. Anyway, so the benefits of shaving your face is you have smoother skin, softer skin, it lightly exfoliates, helps products penetrate more deeply. So what's the difference between 
face shaving versus dermaplaning. Unlike traditional shaving, which involves using a standard face razor to shear the hair, dermaplaning relies on a smaller blade which cuts closer to the face and therefore sloughs off a lot of debris, if I could spit it out, debris, and dead skin. In essence, you're scraping the skin and not just the hair off. Dermaplaning can get so deep though that it can actually clear more dirt and oil from the skin than traditional than traditional face shaving can. Cost-wise, face shaving is much less expensive option as it doesn't require any special tools other than a razor. Dermaplaning, meanwhile, can cost up to $150 a procedure. Face shaving with a razor also happens to be much safer, as dermaplaning often requires an experienced technician using a scalpel-like tool, something you would not want to try yourself at home. So those those one razor things that they've been selling lately for women to shave their face and are labeling it as dermaplaning isn't really dermaplaning. It's literally just shaving the face, shaving the hair off your face, but with one razor and taking a hell of a lot longer than if you just use a regular razor with on a stick like you use for your legs. I'll post what I'm talking about on the socials so you understand because I'm having a hard time explaining it. So if you are going to start shaving your face, make sure to wash your face well before shaving. I wash with soap, just regular old face wash soap. Then I scrub with an exfoliant before shaving my face. And you do need to be aware of how your skin reacts to hair removal if you're prone to irritation bumps or ingrown hairs, it might be best on skipping the shaving session or doing it on like a Friday night so you can test it out a little bit and see if you are going to have a reaction. And if you then do, you know, over the weekend when you don't have to go to work or really socialize with anybody and then you might be able to have it cleared up or less irritated by Monday. I also pluck a few new growths that are extra thick when they're coming in and I shave my face about every other week or whenever I feel like it needs it or sometimes only once a month. And I've adopted shaving my face into my skincare routine very easily. So I said earlier that, so I said overseas that they were into removing hair long before the U.S. So in the Middle East, as well as East and South Asia, threading was used on the entire face, but 
Did you know that unibrows were actually considered alluring for both sexes and were often accentuated with coal? So like they filled in their eyebrows with coal to darken them to make them more noticeable as a unibrow. How crazy is that? That unibrows are fucking sexy. To each their own. When Queen Elizabeth the first came to power in 1558, she made eyebrow removal fashionable. Gee, I wonder why. Maybe because most commoners are obsessed with, you know, the popular kids. Anyway. Darwin suggested that having less body hair was a sign of being more evolved and sexually attractive. But what does Darwin know? Well, a lot, but I'm still not taking his advice. So, in the first decades of the 20th century, changing fashions to, like, sleeveless dresses, shorter up, up to the knee or above the knee, exposing a lot more skin, further popularized body hair removal in the U.S., and then the introduction of the bikini in the U.S. in 1946 also led to shaving companies and female consumers to focus on trimming and shaping of their nether regions. In the 1950s, as Playboy hit the newsstands, its first issue came out in 1953, clean-shaven Lingerie-touting women set a new standard of sexiness. Although in the late 60s and 70s, full bushes were not at all uncommon, even in Playboy. Around that time, you also had the second wave of feminism and the spread of hippie culture, both of which rejected hairless bodies. For a lot of women, body hair was a symbol of their fight for equality. It wasn't seen as an unnatural, not yet anyway. And that's a quick quote from Widows. So in 1987, seven sisters from Brazil, known as the J Sisters, opened a salon in New York City New York City, offering the so-called Brazilian a complete wax hair removal of the genital region, and celebrities like Gwyneth Paltrow and Naomi, Naomi Campbell started doing it. And of course, the masses followed suit. So, as you have concluded, as time progressed, we have become so obsessed with body image that hairlessness is widely popular now. Hair removal is not for everyone, 
and that should be normalized. Here's a quote from the CNN article I read. However, in its most recent evolution, body hair is being embraced by a growing number of young women who are turning a source of societal shame and turning it into a sign of personal strength. The rise of gender fluidity, the body positivity movement, and the beauty sector's growing inclusiveness have all contributed to the new wave of, I don't even know this word, higher suitiness. I wonder if I misspelled something. Wow. Anyway. And then I have some more quotes here. So let's just go through them quick. It's been deeply stigmatized, and it still is, and cast with shame, says Heather Widows, professor of global ethics at the UK's University of Birmingham and author of Perfect Me, Beauty as an Ethical Ideal. She also said, its removal is one of the few aesthetic traditions that have gone from being a beauty routine to a hygienic one. Today, most women feel like they have to shave. Likely, they have, like they have no other option. There's something deeply fraught about that, though perceptions are slowly changing. So do you let your hair grow? Or are you on the hairless bandwagon? I'm a mix of them both. I shave some areas, let others grow, and as for my feelings on hair removal or not, being completely smooth all the time is not for me. Sometimes I get lazy and let things grow just because I don't want to shave or depilate. I also, or I actually started shaving my face for dermatology purposes, not fashion and not to keep up with the masses. Holy moly, this is a long one this week, but I feel great about it. So I hope that, I hope you do too. Share, rate, review, that really helps us grow and get on the charts, spread the word, you know, so more people can find us and the more people that listen, the more ad choices I get to keep the lights on and a roof over the pod lab. So help this community grow. Until next time.